Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Where are you? Um, I'm hanging out in my living room in Nederland, Colorado. Up here in, uh, yeah, deliverance country, I guess is what you called it. <laughs> yeah, I'm about 20 miles down the valley uh, in Boulder. <laughs> As the car flies. And who are you? Who am I? I'm Lachlan. <laughs> I'm Lachlan Morton. I'm a bike rider. Lachlan Morton, bike rider. He's an Instagram superstar. <laughs> Featured prominently in Thereabouts, Thereabouts 2, Thereabouts 3, and to be continued. I don't know. My name is Alex House. I am also a bike rider, bike racer, current U.S. national champion on the road. And, uh, yeah, we're buddies. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Guys, it's really good to talk to you both in Colorado, but not both originally from Colorado. So Lachlan, we know you're an Aussie yourself, but Alex, you are uh, from Colorado originally. Tell me uh, whereabouts. Uh, I'm from Golden, Colorado. It's uh, world famous because uh, it's where Coors Beer is brewed, Coors Brewery is there. Um, yeah, we're the, the gateway to the West or something like that. No, that's St. Louis. Um, but yeah, we're uh, yeah, Colorado native. Uh, we tried to build a wall to keep out the Australians, but it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> and Lockie, why did you end up in Colorado yourself? Uh, I came over here first time about, uh, 10 years ago. Uh, actually maybe 11 years ago. Anyway, um, I was riding with the, what was at the time, like the Garmin development team. So we were called Chipotle. I was on that team with Alex. Um, and my parents moved over very shortly after with their business. Um, so they've lived here full time since then. And I've sort of been here on and off that whole time. So yeah, I came here. I came here to ride bikes. It kind of fortuitous that your folks ended up there because it is Boulder, especially as a proper, not just a bike riding town, but it's like a, loads of triathletes are based there. Loads of just professional sports people are based there. It's a good place to, to live and to train. Yeah. Like mom and dad were weighing up whether they, they moved to Detroit or to Denver. Um, and luckily they chose Denver. Uh, well, they just, it was somewhere with a D. That was the rule, somewhere with a D. Why, yeah, why, some, why, why, why was Detroit on the menu? Uh, it's just the industry they're in. 
Um, okay. So a lot of uh, lot of manufacturing that goes on in Detroit. But yeah, their dad obviously loves the outdoors, loves to ride his bike, loves to hike. So yeah, they moved across to Boulder pretty sh- shortly after getting here. Um, so yeah, super lucky for me. I love it here. Ordinarily, as you know, I'd be asking you both to to take me out on a ride on your home roads around Boulder or around where you are, Alex. Can't do that while we're on lockdown. Um, And we'll get to talking about the surrounding area in a second because I was there just just myself just last year. So I did some riding around what are your home roads. But before we get onto that, how are you finding the lockdown at the moment? And what are the sort of frustrations of a lack of racing? Well... I kind of met up with Lachlan the other day, and we discussed this. When I say met up, we were, we were a few meters apart the whole time, uh, sitting in a field, having a picnic, having a coffee. Um, and Lachlan brought up a great point in that, you know, we've always kind of just wanted to, like, be paid to ride our bikes and not really have to do anything else. And now that's what we're doing. But we're also starting to realize that we really miss the, miss the racing and... uh yeah, it's one of those you got to be careful what you wish for, um, sort of things. So it's honestly at the moment it's it's not the worst thing in the world. But um, if I start to think too much about it and think like, oh man, maybe we won't race for who knows how long, or you know, not going to be not not going to be able to travel and just be staring at the ceiling here in Colorado for another uh, you know five months or something. That 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 could be kind of bad. So. Just trying to think ahead, you know, one day at a time like a goldfish. Like, the my situation personally, it's like, it could definitely be a lot worse and is a lot worse for a lot of people. So I'm uh, definitely taking comfort in the fact that I could still be out and ride my bike and be outside by myself um, for a good chunk of the day. Um, but yeah, as Alex said, it's, it's funny, like, the life, that we lead generally it's it's strange to be in one place for more than two weeks um so just this last couple of days that two weeks is starting to tick over and um definitely starting to go a little a little stir crazy uh, and what are your home setups like i'm assuming you'll be spending a bit more time on the kicker churning out the numbers is that what you're up to at the moment or you can you still get out and ride outdoors as much as you ordinarily would I've been outside as as normal. Uh, like I leave early in the morning, so I don't really see anyone. But yeah, there's there's no restriction on on being outside on the bike. Yeah, I, I'm lucky that I haven't had to spend too much time on the trainer. Um, I've got on a couple of times for some some like virtual rides with the with the team, which has been cool. But um, yeah, as I said, like here we're relatively lucky in that regard. Um, and I mean, I think. Like where where we are here, um, we're pretty blessed that you can be out on some quiet roads and not really see anyone for four or five hours, um, and and so you can you can train outside pretty safely, you know. That said, it's supposed to snow here all next week, so we'll see how that works <laughs> out. <laughs> Is it really in April? Okay, I guess you are on the edge of the Rockies, or just like it, it, just into the Rockies. We're in it, man. I'm in it. The thing in Colorado is if you don't have to ride the trainer, don't because like next week you probably will. <laughs> Alex, I know exactly where you are because when I was in Boulder 
last summer with my family on a bit of a, a holiday, the only ride I did was out of downtown Boulder up to a town. It wasn't even a town, like a village called Ward. And it was something like 1,500 meters straight up. The altitude being what it is there really ruined me. I'm, you know, I live, I'm, I live at sea level in London pretty much. So it was so hard to get up there. But then once I arrived in Ward, it was a bit like a, how can I put this? It was like something out of deliverance. People with dogs on strings, you know, missing teeth, guns in their belts, that kind of thing. Is that, is that kind of normal around there? Ward's a little unique. Um, yeah. <laughs> a bit amplified but yeah i I mean that's not too far of a stretch given about you know how things operate up here we got a a fellow down in town that insists on walking around all the time with a he calls it a knife but it's it's almost a meter long it's more of a sword i don't know what he's doing with that but cutting cheese or something but (laughs) the vibe i got was they didn't really take kindly to men in skin tight clothing is that fair yeah but they don't take kindly to anybody so funny enough talking about clothing it did occur to me that when i hop on the indoor trainer usually i'm just dressed like i'm going outside i might even put on sunglasses which is ridiculous so today in a kind of homage to thereabouts i am wearing i'm wearing bib shorts and i'm clipped into the pedals but i've got a hawaiian shirt on up top and I'm wearing like the same cap that Taylor Finney wore in thereabouts too. So I'm, it's, it's a bit of an homage Lachlan to some of your long distance rides. <laughs> the uniform. <laughs> it's, fun. it's, it's funny. Like the whole idea of, of like not wearing a, a Jersey was to like break away from the idea that, you know, you have to be dressed a certain way to go, to go riding. Now everyone's like, oh, I'm doing a thereabouts ride. I have to wear a Hawaiian T-shirt. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, that's great. I appreciate that. <laughs> if it doesn't sound too kinky, can I ask what you guys are wearing right now? Uh, I've got an old Camp uh, Agnolo top on. <laughs> I'm actually wearing an EF logoed sweatshirt. Just, you know, always on brand. <laughs> always on message is it is it a u.s national yeah. champion special one no i got blue socks but about as close as it gets to having any kind of stars and stripes I, I am wearing shorts though just because the sun's out and it's not snowing i had the realization yesterday that i was like oh i've been wearing the same clothes like off my bike for like three days now i was like oh, it's starting god doesn't matter I think that happens. I, I'm the same and I'm, I'm confined to my house. I'm in, in sort of central London. You know, everyone's taking lockdown fairly seriously just before we started recording because it's just gone eight on a Thursday evening here. Everyone was out on the street applauding the health workers, the National Health Service workers who are saving lives. That's become a, a weekly occurrence here as well. Um, but it, it, it does feel like a bit of a sort of twilight existence, uh, this, like not being able to get out as much or go to your workplace or, or travel the world as you guys do. Uh, does it feel like that to you, Alex? Yeah, a bit. Um, like I said, I just try not to think about it. <laughs> like if you just don't think about what you're not doing and just think about what you are doing, then, uh, you know, it, uh, sort of smooths things out a little bit. It's always the anticipation and the, you know, anxiety around things that, that gets you. So just, just never think ahead. 
when you're in lockdown? Just look at the silver lining. Focus on the silver lining. It's like I definitely am being at home in the spring, like with your family. Like a lot of the time, that's what you dream of when you're getting your ass kicked in the gutter and the fucking spring in Europe. You know, <laughs> like um, even though it sucks not to be racing, it's like all right, just enjoy it for what it is. Um, <laughs> try not to think about. The, sh- the shit <laughs> for yeah. most of the time. <laughs> you you, you got to remember that right now, this time of year, you usually have a concussion. You have a sinus infection. <laughs> you've got like a scab that has reopened six different times for various reasons. <laughs> and like, you're going to, you're like putting on a pair of damp shorts and like getting ready to go ride out in the rain at Pace Basque and just yeah. gonna get your ass handed to you. So this is certainly better than that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the the surrounding area then. I've already mentioned like some of the climbs uh in and out of Boulder. Uh, uh the other iconic climb out of Boulder is the Flagstaff climb, I think, Flagstaff Road up to the amphitheater, which I've done myself and I was blowing out of my ass. Um you guys must know that one because it's pretty iconic, but also what are the what are your favorite rides to do around there? I mean, Flagstaff's a great place to go if you want to catch coronavirus at the moment because there's about <laughs> 500 people hiking up around there every day and not wearing masks. So I've been steering pretty clear of Flagstaff. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. The nice thing about uh, about riding around here is, like, there's a lot of different different options. Um, but more often than not, I end up riding up uh, Alex's way, actually, some sort of loop that goes through Netherlands. Usually I climb up on the dirt some way, like either up up Sunshine all the way or up to through Jamestown or like I don't know, one of the one of the many like sort of dirt climbs you can go up. And then if you're on a mountain bike during the summer, like you can ride some trails up around Netherland for a couple of hours and then it's downhill all the way home. So, um that's that's sort of like my go to loop, I guess, variations of that. Um that's probably my favorite sort of ride to do here. It's great, man. You should just move up here. And you won't even have to ride anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> that's like, that's, that's my dream. <laughs> I've been waiting for the big climbs to open up up here. They're, all the big stuff is yeah. all, it's still snowed in pretty hard. Um, but I mean, like, probably one of the coolest ones you can do is just basically ride from here to the top of Mount Evans and back. Um, and that's like how far it's is that? a big day out. Um, it's about a six, probably a six hour ride. Um, how I don't much know how climbing? Far it is. Plenty. I couldn't tell you really. Yeah, it goes up to You'd be given though at six. I mean, it, it gets up to what four thousand meters lock. Wow. So wow. yeah, four four thousand two hundred maybe four thousand two hundred. Uh, and yeah. you're just up on top of the world up there. So it's, it's pretty cool. And the whole, the whole route is pretty good. I mean, you stay super high the whole time. <laughs> I was just saying, just get up there before the lightning comes in in the afternoon. Because then you'll really know about the fact you're on top of the world. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I rode over the, over the, this other pass, the, the other side of the Rockies, basically, um, a few years back and got caught up there. And I like oh. literally was squatting underneath a trash bag for three and a half hours. Just like I think that's that, <laughs> lightning ter- terrifies me more than anything in Colorado. Hundred percent, like, absolutely. I, I think I'd rather come face to face with the mountain lion than uh, 
than be stuck like up above the tree line in a lightning storm. I'd I'd rather walk butt butt naked, maybe with like a pink like rainbow tutu through downtown Ward than get stuck in a lightning <laughs> storm, man. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you yeah. mentioned the you mentioned the wildlife there, Lachlan. I remember last summer a guy was out jogging in Fort Collins in northern Colorado and he managed to fight off a young mountain lion. Have you have you sort of encountered any bears or moose or lions when you've been out cycling? Yeah, I mean, I've seen I've seen all of the above, uh, and all of the, I've seen moose more than once, uh, but I've only seen a bear out riding once. Uh, I had two cubs, and it was on the other side of the river, so um, I was grateful for that, and that I could actually stop and have a look without fear of chasing me. Uh, I saw a couple of mountain lions in a den at the towards the end of the Colorado Trail last year, which was one of the most horrifying uh, experiences of my life. Uh, and then moose, like I mean, Alex has got one that lives just over the road there. And that was yeah. <laughs> I saw I saw it across the road from his house about a week ago. Um, and it's funny because like. There's a lot of people in America like talk about Australia that they're like, aren't you afraid of the critters? Like, I'm like, are you kidding? Like, I'd rather like come across a snake in your backyard than a fucking mountain lion up on Sunita's Trail at sunset. You know, <laughs> there's definitely some animals out here. Um, I don't know. I've seen, yeah, seen all of them. Um, I swung a tree at a bear one time, but that wasn't on my bike. <laughs> Yeah, I got ran up ran up the tree by a moose in my backyard last year, but that was mostly just because I was being stupid taking pictures of it. But I had an escape route planned, and it worked out fine. Um, but yeah, <laughs> mountain lions, I think for the most part, they just see you. You don't really see them, which is probably the scariest part. But uh, I'm definitely most scared of mountain lions. Oh, for sure, for sure. You just but, So I was talking to the surfer dude, and uh, he like, did that stand-up paddleboard down the whole coast of California. And apparently, if you do that, you're just asking to get eaten by a great white shark. Um, but his method was he just meditated on being a predator every day and not being prey. And so I'd, I'd try and bring that to the mountain lion um, perspective there. You know, it's like, I, I'm out here. Don't screw with me. I'm a predator too. So uh, I just kind of <laughs> run along with the mantra of, like, make it quick. if you're gonna get me you better finish the job (laughs) life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much like unexpected medical costs that's why united healthcare provides health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The uh, urban foxes and pigeons around me don't really um, don't really compare, unfortunately. Um, the other question about where you both live is, do you notice the benefits of living at altitude and being able to ride up to... 4,000 meters on a training ride. Definitely. I mean, I think living up here, I live at 2,500 meters. Um, I think that helps quite a bit. I noticed a, a pretty good pretty good bump when I, I go back down to sea level. But the trade-off there is that every time I come home, it it's pretty much it's pretty much hell. Uh, there's like between three and five days where it just you just can't sleep. So not really the way you want to come home, but... It's all right. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, for me, uh, altitude training seems to work well. It's nice because you just kind of, if you're out riding your bike, you could pretty much call it training, <laughs> you know, because like, <laughs> it's hard and you don't have to do a lot of like specific stuff to have like a good quality ride. Um, so I always start going well when I spend a lot of time back here. I mean, just being alive is training, you know. Like you get fit just being alive. It's great. Let's talk about the racing then. And uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about. We've got to talk about the alternative calendar that you both massively embraced at EF. But let's go back to, to the beginning and where you both met. So you both raced on the same team. I think you said it was Garmin Chipotle a few years back, uh, Lachlan. So what do you remember of that meeting? And, and were you firm friends from, from day one? We actually met in Okinawa. Uh, in Japan, I think, if, I, if my memory is correct, uh, I was riding there in a junior race. I think I was maybe 16 or 17. Uh, and there was a yeah, race called the Tour of Okinawa, which is the most the southernmost island in Japan. Um, and, yeah, I was with a bunch of Aussies. And then there was Alex on La Palme, I think, a French amateur team. Um, and I think he was... He was craving some uh, some English-speaking friends. So I'm pretty sure that's how we first met. Is that right? Either that or how old were you when you during Dead Dog? I remember racing your brother at Dead Dog. Uh, the old Dead Dog yeah, class right. in, in Nowhere, nowhere Wyoming. Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. It must have been one of those. I remember that as well. You had your sleeves rolled up. It was cold. You were talking about like the radiant... Radiant heat from the sun. <laughs> Soaking it up, man. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, yeah, the first time we really properly got to know each other was on uh, was on Chipotle, which was, yeah, the Garmin development team. And Alex was a couple of years older than me, so uh, he was definitely showing me the ropes. And I've often wondered, like Lachlan, having come from uh, Port Macquarie on the on the Australian coast, you had to travel a long way to even just start to race at a higher level. Was was that quite a sort of 
a shock to the system having to go all over, you know, the the US and Japan and other places just to try and crack the sport? Um, yes and no. I mean, the thing about Australia is it's big, right? So, like, if you grow up racing bikes, like, and you're from a country town in Australia, like, you, you're pretty used to driving, like, five or six hours to anywhere to race your bike every weekend anyway. Um, so I think, like, in that regard, I, I was kind of used to, like, to traveling. Um, but I think at that time, um, if you if you weren't sort of like a track rider or part of the, the track system in Australia, it was quite hard to, to get a start over, uh, you know, overseas to race professionally, like in Europe or something. Um, so, yeah, I was lucky in that I'd been able to travel to the U.S. a couple of times when I was younger uh, and get exposure here that way, um, which, like, led to the opportunity to, to race at, at Chipotle. And that came up, like, right as I finished high school. So it was, like, a point in your life where you're like, you know what, I'll just go try it for a year and see what happens. I was going to say... In some ways, did it come a little bit too soon? Because, you know, after a couple of seasons, you kind of, it seemed like you fell out of love with the racing and you were looking at walking away from it. And and that's when riding with your with your brother Gus seemed to sort of reignite the flame. Yeah, I mean, I was just young. Uh, and it's funny because, like, I look back at how young I was. I think I was 19 when I moved over here. Um so, and at the time, I thought I was old, but like I had no idea what I was doing. You were still in junior <laughs> so, grade, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it was more like if you put any any twenty one year old, you know, in in an apartment by himself in in Europe, um, and you know, tell them the only thing you got to do is ride their bike, um, like it's bound to sort of end out badly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely made mistakes along the way that uh, I'm glad I had because, like, they serve me well now. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was just something I had to I had to go through. And I, I'm not sure if it was the way I went about it or just my personality in general. But the upshot of it is doing the thereabouts rides, the first one being from Port Macquarie to Uluru or Ayers Rock in the middle of Australia. And it was like definitely you made a film... Uluru, Uluru. Um, some people, some people don't know it as that even now, which is crazy. But um, yeah. the thing is, you made made a film of that, and it was inspiring, and it just reminded people that it's not all about the racing or all about the numbers. It's just getting out there, riding, racing for signs, just having fun, and it seemed to sort of inspire people a bit more. And it, it seems to have even inspired EF and the alternative calendar as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I guess I was lucky in that uh, I kind of stumbled into that experience uh, just through where I was at in my life, where my brother was at in his life. Um, so it all sort of happened by accident. And then, you know, like we kind of documented it uh, on a whim uh, with no idea sort of what it would do. Um, so I'm really, I'm grateful to have had that experience because it's definitely shifted um my priorities uh and also it's it's just shifted like what my relationship is with with my bike now um which it's a much better relationship and and i have a lot more fun riding bikes now um 
so yeah, I mean, purely on like a, I'm glad like if other people get something out of it. Um, but the reality is like, I'm just glad to have had the experience for myself more than anything. And in some ways, Alex, it's also helped shift your, you know, um, writing experience because like I say, it seemed to play some part in the alternative calendar, which has been going for a couple of seasons now. Um, for those people who aren't really familiar with it, just describe how it differs from what most other pro cycling teams do. Yeah, I mean, really, we're EF's the only, certainly the only professional, um, you know, world tour level team kind of jumping into these races that, I mean, most of them are unsanctioned um, and they're mass participation. Um, they basically, I mean, they're open to anybody, um, assuming you can get in through the lottery and such. Um, but really, I think the reason why we wanted to do it is just to, I mean, one, kind of learn from, learn and see what, what was getting people so excited about it. Uh, because they have huge turnouts for them. Um, and then to try and help people draw that line between um, these races that, that they're doing uh, and the races that we we have traditionally done, um, things like Tour de France and such. Have you enjoyed mixing it up? Because again, you, you talk to a, you know, any, any pro and it's all going to be about the big road races, Tour de France, the Spring Classics, the other uh, Grand Tours, etc., but do you find people are just as interested these days in talking about the gravel races you've done or the Leadville, which is like a mountain bike race in, in Colorado or Cape Epic in South Africa? Are people really curious about the, uh, your experiences? Because they're races that, that anybody can do, um, you know, people, people want to do them and then they want to get better at doing them. Um, and they, they, you know, they want to improve their experience um, improve their time and in a lot of ways they look to us to be kind of like tell them how to get better which I, I think is funny a lot of times because for a lot of these things we don't know what the heck we're doing um, <laughs> and we're, we're the ones showing up being like hey what tire pressure are you running like oh man your tires are like your tires look a lot better than mine like maybe I picked the wrong ones today um, what's a dropper what's a dropper post um, so <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is, it is an interesting experience all the way around. I mean, really, I think for me, the highlight so far has been, um, Dirty Kanza. That was a ton of fun. Definitely the longest race I've ever done. I think it was like 10 and something hours. Longest, longest race to date. Let's put it that way. What did you enjoy about it? So for those who don't know, Dirty Kanza is a gravel race in Kansas. Is it, was it 200 kilometers, something like that? 200 miles, mate. 200 miles. I beg your pardon. In old money. <laughs> 200 miles it's all straight lines isn't it it's all just like literally in a straight line for miles and miles and miles uh, no that's what everyone thinks <laughs> it's it's not at all <laughs> it's it's entirely off-road or except for maybe like four or five k uh and you get a pretty good mix of everything like it's enough to keep you on your toes for sure <laughs> definitely and it's hilly it's hard it's yeah tough. and what would have been coming up this year if if things were different that was going to be the new highlight cape epic that was going to be the big dog yeah yeah we got all the way to uh to south africa ready to race cape epic and then uh we were on a plane home two days before the start because it was cancelled um so that was 
that was the next event on the calendar. Uh, and I think it's probably fair to say we were both the most nervous uh, we'd been for any of these events before that. Uh, that was going to be a proper, proper challenge. And then I guess Kansas would have been the next one on the calendar coming up. But yeah, it's all uh, it's all on the back burner for now. But they've shifted the the date for Kansas. But you can probably still see Kansas from uh, Alex's house now. The sky's so clear, so uh, <laughs> we won't be forgetting about it. At least you two can get out and ride your bikes. I mean, for your teammates who maybe live in France or Andorra. I mean, they're on proper lockdown. It's Spain as well. They they can't be getting out at all. Are, are you are you hearing from any of them? And uh, are you picking up on those uh, their frustrations and the, uh, about the difficulties? Oh man, some of the people. Yeah, a lot of our teammates are are uh, still in Girona, uh, in Spain. There, Spain, Catalonia, um, and yeah, just living on the home trainer, uh, which yeah, you know I many of them are rightfully going going a bit crazy. I can't imagine myself being stuck in my apartment there for, for more than a few days. Um, so I definitely, definitely feel for the guys there. Um, but I think like, you know, everyone's been really good in like the fact that, you know, in the, in the context of, of what's going on, um, if you can't get out for a bike ride, that's just something you got to deal with because the issue is a lot bigger than, you know, you'll want to go out on the bike. Uh, and it seems like like everyone's kind of on board with that. Uh, and the responsibility is no longer like to train, it's to, you know, be smart and stay healthy. So um, it's an annoying situation. Um, but, you know, for a, lot, for a lot of people, it's actually a desperate situation. So a few hours on the home trainer, you know, it's not so bad. And I, in the course of our chat now, have racked up a massive 12.9 kilometers of just uh, <laughs> turning the pedals on the kicker. Uh, not exactly the ultra distance that you're used to, Lachlan, but you're absolutely right. A lot of people are in a much worse situation and just the idea of being able to get out and ride a decent distance, maybe not GB Juro kind of distance of John O'Groats to or Land's End to John O'Groats that you did last year um, is enough to, I think, keep people going through this. I heard a guy in Italy ran a uh, marathon on his balcony. Yeah. Forget GB Duo. Like, go run a marathon on your seven-meter balcony. Come and talk, talk to me about it. <laughs> yeah. I think he wore a hole in it. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say, Strange circumstances to have a chat like this. Wish I was actually in Colorado with you both and riding some of those amazing climbs. Not that I'd ever be able to keep up, but that's beside the point. Um, but for now, thanks so much for uh, talking to me from your home roads and about your home roads. And next time, maybe we'll do it on your home roads. Cheers, guys. <laughs> Cheers, Sweet man. Night. Thank you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.